0: This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome once again to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio. This is Christopher Gonzalez sitting here with... Megan Barcelia, And we are here to discuss choreography. Last week we talked a little bit about how to choreograph your first piece using an article we found online. Today... I was browsing through World Line Dance Newsletter, and they mentioned that they, on their website, worldlinedancenewsletter.com, they have a list of links for choreographers, uh, helpful tips, and whatnot. And the first link in the list was this article in PDF form at format. Anyway, uh, it's a PDF, and it's by Max Perry. It's called Choreography Basics. We are going to go down through this five-page document, which is just chock full of all kinds of helpful stuff, and we're going to talk about our experiences with each of these tips as we have been sort of uh, on a choreography kick in the last few months, you might say. Choreography Basics By Max Perry He sounds exactly like this, by the way To (laughs) choreograph an effective routine A dancer will use several techniques To create a dance that will not only fit the music But will feel good when danced The tools we use as choreographers Are knowledge of the dance components A basic idea of phrasing music And an idea of how the material is to be used The dancers, or organization, or company, etc. Points to remember Number one A body in motion tends to stay in motion There is an initial force required to put the body in motion Every time there is a change in the directional movement, there is additional force required to make the change Too many abrupt changes in direction are not as comfortable as letting the body flow in the direction it wants to go, then gradually slow before changing directions. This does not mean you should slow down before every turn. I am referring to energy output only.
1: So this is where I think about when we're choreographing and I want to change directions what kind of transition steps uh, come to mind. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, if you're moving backwards and now you wanna move forward, you can add in something like a coaster step to change the direction of the body safely. Um, I've talked a lot with Cat Painter about making sure you're stopping the momentum before you're changing the direction um, because that can actually add serious injury Mm. Um, and nobody wants to injure their dancers with their own choreography. Mm. Um, so it's really important to also feel um, naturally your body wants to take you this way. Mm-hmm. As you're choreographing, um, follow that mm-hmm. until you have your final draft and see if it, it still feels natural that way. Um,
0: yeah, there, there are at least three dances that I can think of off the top of my head, one of which was very popular in the UK a while back, and two of which we learned last night. And they all involve... Moving in one direction and then going ninety degrees into another direction without something like a rock or anything to um, to stop where you were, get you back to center, and then give you the freedom to go in whatever direction you want from there. Instead, they just pretty much send you off in one direction and they're like, "Nope, just kidding. Go the other way now." And it's a little awkward.
1: Yeah, um, and that's why it's really important to be aware of like where you can insert your transition step. Um, and, uh, that's why it's also really, really important for me is I find a few people that I can be like, how does this feel? Does this feel natural to you? Am I stopping enough before changing directions? Um, and you and I are really good about like feeding off of that and like talking to each other and be like, no, this, I still want to keep my momentum going. So we need to find a better way of stopping before, You change direction.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Number two. Choose music that has a wide audience appeal. You do not want a piece of music that sounds dated. The song should sound good every time it is played. If you want artists to take notice or a national release, the rule is if you hear the song on the radio, it is too late. These songs were recorded months ago. Major established artists do not need a dance Never go for the obvious Choose a cut from the album that may be released as a single Or, or use a newer artist Possibly an independent artist
1: Yes, we spend hours upon hours Combing through music And I, what I like to do is I like to find an artist That like I really like their sound And then I'll go through their whole album um we got really really lucky with Thomas Rhett's, uh craving you because we had heard that prior to him singing it at whatever that big um CMAs I think I think it was the, whatever huge award it was that he he had uh, sung it at um and we had jumped on it we had had that thing done in less than a week and that was you know before everything get big and then all of a sudden the song hit big so that was really really fortunate on our part mm-hmm. um i know just a couple days ago i think he has what uh is called unforgettable
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i know somebody mm-hmm. had posted on facebook like who has a dance to this and there somebody had you know posted their quick little step sheet breakdown um somebody else said that they were working on it um as well as i know of three other people who are working on a dance to it right now so it's like Okay, well, that's a lot of dances that's going to be to the same song. I, you know, for me, when I found out that there was one or two other people working on a dance to Craving You, I got really, really worried Mm. because I was like, okay, I don't want to flood the dance scene with more split floors if I can avoid it. Um, But when we looked at the difficulty level of, I think, the one that was released prior to ours... Um, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, he hit a certain market, maybe we should try for something in, in this market or whatever. So we still released it. But, um, I like finding those obscure ones where I feel like I found the diamond in the rough. Um, The one that has, you know, only 5,000 views on YouTube or something like that. Because then it's like, I feel like not only do I have a better chance of being one of the only people to choreograph to it, but then I also feel like if I do choreograph something to it, then maybe I'm actually helping out the artists and getting them a little bit more Mm well-known.
0: Yeah, you might actually be less likely to have that uh, (laughs) demo taken down if they aren't some huge... uh, artist that you know, goes around hunting for that kind of thing. As happened to our um, our demo for Can't Walk Away recently um, it, it was well, at first we tried on YouTube, I don't know why we thought that would work, uh, that was down in like a day, and then we had it on Vimeo for months months and months, since April it's been up, and that was just pulled a few days ago for the whole copyright thing and then when I looked at it, it looked like about six or seven other um, dances also had been pulled because they do a public record of the um, the notice and a lot of other ones said something like Craving You Line Dance or Thomas Rhett Craving You Dance or something like that. <clears throat> so apparently it wasn't just us. However, in case anybody would like to see that video with all the location changes and everything, it's uh, viewable directly at can'twalkaway.com. Turns out nobody had... A, uh, a registration on, on that name yet So if you go to can'twalkaway.com It just redirects you Straight to a Google Drive link Of the video So you can I'm pretty sure you can download it You can do whatever you want with it uh, But it's like it's not like some website with a bunch of ads Or anything crazy like that It's just the video It's a redirect link for the video So yeah, if you wanted to see the video for Can't Walk Away It's on can'twalkaway.com And then it sends you to that video uh, Let's see, wide audience appeal Oh yes, also uh, because, and we mentioned this last week too Because we listened to um, some, you know, top secret pl- uh, places Where there are sources of music I I remember when Feel It Still came out Like, it had just come out And you had heard it And you are like, ah, ah, ah eh. And, I mean, it wasn't really being played anywhere And I just kept listening to it And I was listening to it on the loop And you were like, ah, it's okay, I guess But like, I mean, I I, I was, like, listening to it every second, like, uh, when I was in the car. Like, I, I think a lot of people just wouldn't, wouldn't get why I was listening to it so much. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, like, I, I really wanted to do a dance to it. Um, no, it, it really seemed like it was just going to be this tiny little thing, but I liked hearing it. So if nothing else, I would get to dance it. And then um Ria Voss posted that she was teaching Rebel Just For Kicks, and she hadn't released the step sheet or anything or any videos. And I thought, oh well, I'm glad somebody else recognizes like this has to be that same song. She didn't really say, but rebel just for kicks, it has to be that same song. So I'm like, okay, so somebody else likes this song out there. That's good. And um, I think she said she was doing hers as like an improver. I'm like, all right, well if I if I do a beginner or something, then you know we we, we can like hit different parts. And then as I mentioned in previous episodes, once Will Boss released Feel It Still, uh, the intermediate version, and I think Jenny and Dallas uh, line dance Dallas. Posted a tutorial. I'm like, okay, no, I need to like, I need to put, I need to put mine out there. It's been done for like a while now. I just need to like get it out there. And with all three of our dances out there, this was still at a time it, the song wasn't really doing anything on charts. Now it's like on legit. It's like sixty something. I don't know. Maybe it's even higher than that now on Billboard. Um, that guy, uh, the fitness marshal, just this morning I saw that he posted yesterday uh, a workout. To, to the song Feel It Still. I thought, okay. So now maybe it's like the weather is changing and like people wanna hear this like bass beat and, and uh, all the, the fun little things that happen in the song. But sometimes like you just get a hunch, like with Craving You or Feel It Still, months before anything actually happens, you listen for certain things, you're like, people are gonna wanna to dance to this. So um, yeah, with the wide audience appeal, it might not be obvious. It might not be something that ever hits radio. Like um, Run Me Like a River, I haven't heard that anywhere, but I love the song and the dance. And when, when he says here wide audience appeal, sometimes you have to think about who your audience is. It might not be like uh, you know Johnny Six Pack at the liquor store thinking like, oh yeah, I love jamming to this in my car like a river. Like that's not that's not who you're, who you're doing these dances for. You're doing it for the line dance community, and their tastes are different. Um, The things that they look for and the things that they want to dance to are not always going to be as obvious as something like can't stop the feeling but you know sometimes you hit something like run me like river and am like hmm this like reminds me of my ADD um, which is to the song sail or kind of is mysterious like take me to the river like you think about what are the tastes of our line dance community and would it hit a lot of theirs.
1: I know one of the few things when I'm listening to a track, um, I ask myself is how would this sound in a ballroom and how would this sound in a bar? Because mm-hmm. like those are the two places that I dance, in a ballroom and at a bar, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start to think about, okay, my audience from there, what kind of songs do they tend to gear towards? Would they like this? Is this enough of a difference that they're not going to be like, oh, this is just another one of those dances? Or is it too weird that they're like, yeah, no, this is not for us at all. Um, you have to find that happy happy place in the middle that's just different enough to push the limits, but not quite so weird that they're going to be like, we're not ready for this. Mm-hmm.
0: This actually ties in with the next uh, point to remember on here. <clears throat> Number three, choose material that has a wide audience appeal. Creating a dance to be done by the locals is fine, but don't expect it to go over in other cities Dancing is very regional Use components that are universal unless you plan to release a video of the experience So in contrast with uh, just choosing music that's popular or will be embraced by a lot of people the movements that you make might hit really well with the young folks on the East Coast Um, but if it's gonna be taught at say Pikes Peak um, with a much different demographic they might be looking for a little more like straight country, um, symmetrical movements—you know, shuffle to the side, rock step, shuffle to the side, rock step, things like that. Um, or in the UK, like we were just talking about, a human dancer and um, and you know, before the devil, and some of these dances that really are pretty clear to hear in the music, like you—you know, one, two, three, and four, five, six, seven, and eight for before the devil, and. Oh, and also Somebody Like You, which I still have yet to learn. Some of these dances are very big there, and there's a style that's very popular there. There's a music, even, that's um, that, that seems to, to get over well. Like, um, what was it, Dancing in the Dark, I think, uh, by Steps. That's something we haven't seen or heard at all over here. But once that song came out, you had, uh, I think it was Maggie Gallagher and... Um, And Daniel Whitaker both like rushing to put something out there because they knew their people over there would really like that track and probably the style of dances they chose for those those songs. And I even have a song um, that I've been playing in the car a lot specifically for, hopefully, a release in the UK if I ever make it over there, uh, which hopefully I will in the next year or so. Um, And I know that what I'm hearing... First of all, the artist... I don't want to like give too much away but the artist um that sings this track is still on the charts in the uk and has been somewhere down around the 100 area like around 97 to 100 for like the last what year is it now like 10 years (laughs) like their track this one track has not left the charts that entire time which is i don't uncanny you know it's unreal that 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 could happen but over there they just love this group so much and they're not even from the UK they're just like I, I looked at their tour schedule and they have all these UK dates and then they have a few in the United States <laughs> like they know what's going to happen when they go over there so I have this song and it didn't make it big on the radio but I love the way it sounds it's got like emotional resonance for me and the kind of dance that I would want to do for it is similar in the style of something like Human Dance or somebody like you, where it moves across the floor and it doesn't—it doesn't get weird and like stop and do a bunch of crazy hand things. Like it would be mostly foot-based, and that is something I know—at um, least a few folks, if you know—if their tastes hold true, whenever it releases over there, um, they would like that because that's their style, that's their audience. If I were to do the same thing over here, maybe a few people would do it. Um, but it, the style in our ballrooms right now in the United States is different. (laughs) Um, and that can even vary from West coast to East coast or Northern California to Southern California.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I like the idea of choosing something that's going to be a wide audience appeal. Um, I mean, unless you're really looking for that niche,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like you really want to hit that little sweet spot, a pocket of group of people that have been loyal followers that you know need this style of dance or this movement to really push them and they're more than willing to jump on it, um, generally speaking, you want something that's going to appeal to a lot of people. Um, This one probably actually ties into the next one a little bit, Mm. but it's also for me really important to choose the movements that don't just appeal to people, but fit the music style that then appeal to people. Like, for instance, you wouldn't, in theory, I I don't want to, (laughs) like, say this as fact, but you wouldn't want to throw a heel jack into a waltz. Hmm. So something like that makes makes me really um, aware of, like, okay... How, what is this song that I have now chosen that's going to appeal to people? What is it saying? How does it move? Um, and how do I make that come across in not an awkward way? Um, and you know, you'd really want to be aware of what movements you're putting in it to match the style of the song as well. And that's going to help appeal to people Mm -hmm. because i don't know how many times i've seen certain dances where i'm like oh would not have thrown that there Mm. probably would not have had that in the dance in general Mm -hmm. um versus other songs where it's like there's something that just hits so perfectly that you're just like oh now that just made the dance for me i need to learn this dance Mm -hmm. so that's it's important to think of what you're putting in to the dance itself um, for the style of it.
0: It's funny you mentioned that about the heel. Um, when I first saw SGS and when we learned it in Pikes Peak there was that one little bit with the and toe and heel and I thought that's awfully country. Like, would not have expected that in this very Latin groove And yet, because of the counts of the dance and how it follows this pattern of one, two, and three, four, and five, six, and seven, and eight, and one, like having that, um, let's see, where does that come in? Uh, One, two, and three, four, and five, six, and seven, and eight, and one. So in order to keep that pattern of seven, and eight, and one going, you do need, um, at that tempo, small, distinct movements, and that toe, and heel, and It hits those beats So while I wouldn't have Expected it stylistically uh, It does work For the movement That you want uh, And it isn't done so much That it overpowers the entire dance With like countrification or anything like that Uh, I don't know what else I would have done in that spot But he made it work Gary O'Reilly For those (laughs) of you who haven't seen the Um What's a better word than like monster? The, uh, the the beast that is SGS and how popular that has been. Um, yeah, Gary O'Reilly, SGS, slowly, gently, softly, go learn it, good dance. Um, Joe taught it very well in uh, in Pike Speak, I thought. Like I wasn't sold on it, at that time I still didn't really like the song. I was avoiding the song if I could. Um, and yeah, she just did such a good job of like making it look fun. And then when we saw it at Fun in the Sun done as like a partner dance, that was surprising. So we're going to have to learn how to do that as well. Um, Yeah, so style. Match the style. We'll get to that later in the document as well. Number four. You don't have to show off everything you know in one dance. I know you know how to do the splits and perform acrobatics, but it doesn't necessarily have to be done in one dance. The dances that have been the most successful in terms of marketability have been 32 counts or less. And can be or can be taught in twenty minutes or less, including playing the music. Keep it simple and to the point. He puts that in caps lock.
1: Um. Yeah, we've experienced this a little bit. Mm. Um, you uh, a little more so than me mm. um, about the whole throwing everything you know into one dance. Mm. Um. It can. It can get busy as I like to call it and overly complicated and convoluted when maybe a few whole counts followed by a little bit of syncopation would have hit 10 times better than having and this 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 and it's constantly going and it's like there's no real major flow to it. It's just a bunch of like, you know, crazy steps thrown together. Um, and so it's really important to think about having that hook, of course, because you want people to see it and hear the dance and be like, Ooh, that's really cool looking. I want to try that. Um, but it's also important to give that hook the ability to make the impression when it's not surrounded by a bunch of other crazy, you know, movements and Mm -hmm. whatnot.
0: Yeah, definitely contrast can, can um, allow for highlighting. Two places where uh, I've seen... Actually, both of them are Rachel, go figure. Um, two places where I've seen this recently were in watching She Used to Be Mine. I was watching a video of, um, of She Used to Be Mine by her and Caroline. And because some of the whole counts are surrounded by syncopation when she does finally slow down and hit that whole count right there, like it makes it seem more dramatic and thoughtful. And in the other parts, you know, the, the syncopation hits the music, but, um, if they were all whole counts similarly, then those, the ones that were isolated wouldn't stop you in your tracks. They would just be more whole counts and the dance might feel slow. Um, so yeah, picking and choosing where you want to hit what and not even just, like, it can be very tempting to just say, okay, well, we'll build it for the chorus and then if it happens to hit anywhere in the verses, that's great. But sometimes you're going to get some really cool stuff in the verses that you're missing by catering completely to the chorus. I also noticed in watching New York to LA this morning, uh, she really nicely hits the piano when the when the music gets quiet and it goes like, so the dance is like one, two, three, and four, and five, six, seven, and eight. And you don't know that that's coming until it happens in the song, which is minutes into the song. But when it happens, it's so satisfying. And that's not words, it's not like lyrics uh, of of any particular intent that she's trying to, to, to highlight. It's just this really nice piano, and she gets all of the... You can practically like feel your feet on the ground as though they were fingers on a keyboard, like you're playing the song with your body. Um, and uh, if she had just syncopated everything, you wouldn't notice that. If she had done whole counts because they worked better someplace else, then you wouldn't have hit all of the piano beats. So listening to the whole song, getting that big picture, and circling maybe, uh, like taking the lyrics and being like, okay, this is where this thing happens, I need this to hit here. Hopefully it won't detract from any other of the places in the song um, and how it won't hit there. But even if, like let's say on the third eight count, you wanna hit something in one place, and then later on you would hit it differently if you had whole counts there instead, you just have to pick, you just have to say, all right, what's more important? What's gonna be more satisfying? And generally, if I can, I like to choose the simpler path. Like you were saying here with the 32 counts, 20 minutes or less. If there is a cool part that you want to syncopate, but somewhere else it makes a really nice bum, bum, and you want to hit those whole counts, go with the whole counts because somebody else who likes the syncopated part can always just put their shoulders into it or something unofficial like that. Uh, by keeping it simple as the basic, as the vanilla version, then more people are more likely to learn it. And the people who want to jazz or spice it up have that option. But if you make it more difficult and put in the syncopation and hit that as your priority, then it looks like when the person who doesn't want to do that is is doing whole counts as an option, it looks like they're not able to do it. And then they feel like they're the odd kid out. Whereas if you, you can camouflage them by making everybody do the whole counts, they don't feel out of place. And the fancy person who wants to syncopate can look like some kind of star. The above pointers are just suggestions. There will be exceptions to some of the ideas presented. You may be asked to choreograph to a song that just doesn't grab you, or may be asked to create a more difficult dance. How to Choreograph a Line Dance A. Charting the Song After deciding on a song to use, choreographers write the beats on paper. This is known as charting the song. You will end up with a graphic representation of what the beat patterns look like and will know instantly how long to make the dance. As dancers, we are used to counting in eights. The reason for this is that 100 years ago, instructors discovered that it was easier and more effective for students to learn choreography in larger sections than two or four beats. Sections of eight, or two measures, became easier to remember. Most standard music, is in a common or standard 4-4 timing 3-4 for waltz which means there are 4 beats per measure with the quarter note getting 1 beat or count Counting 8 beat sections will be easier to see the form the song will take Hmm. However, if you are choreographing certain dances like the rumba, cha-cha, mambo, etc. it is usually easier to count measures rather than individual beats so instead of the 8 representing 8 beats The 8 will represent 8 times 4 beats. The ideal situation would be to have each section of music come out evenly in sections of 8 so that you would be able to create a dance that does not contain any tags or bridges. I like to chart like this A 8888. A 8888. B 8888. B 8888. There are two more of these. B (laughs) 8888. A 8888. Look up the PDF, it'll help. I use a sheet of lined paper and play the song. I start counting usually after the introduction to the song on the vocals. Every time I count eight beats, if that is the end of the phrase of music, I write down an eight. The example above shows that the first section of music has four sets of eight. The A means that this is part of the verse of the song. The underline means that a new section has started. In my example, there is another verse which I have labeled as another A because the words may be different but the music sounds the same. The example shows that there are also four sets of eight in the second verse or 32 counts. When you have finished writing down all of the eights and identified the sections of the music, you then look at the total counts for each section. A32, 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 B32, B32, B32. Notice that each section has 32 counts. This tells me that I could choreograph a dance with 32 counts and it would fit the music exactly. If it was a very long song, however, and I had say ten or more sections of 32, I might elect to do a dance that is 64 counts, simply because the dancers might get bored doing the same dance too many times. So you could double the 32 to 64 and this would also work out. By the way, I write down the left side of the page and then add another column of numbers in a column to the right of the first one and read it in that direction. What do you do if all of the numbers are not eights? 8, 8, 8, eight, four, eight, 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 four. In this example, there are four extra beats in one section. You would have a couple of options. You could ignore the extra counts, in which case your dance would not fit exactly with the music, but it would still be on time, or you could choreograph what is called a tag to make the dance fit exactly to the song. Sometimes you will come across a piece of music, you just have to choreograph to that has sections of uneven length. Part A may have 40 counts, and the chorus of the song, B, may be only 32 counts, but the sections are consistent throughout the song. You would then have to choreograph an AB type dance. This would have the dancers do two different sets of choreography, or sometimes three sets, depending on the structure of the song. Some pieces of music have additional sections of music that would be labeled as C, in the case of a musical bridge in the middle of the song that is not considered a verse or a chorus. Other situations would include using a restart if one of the sections were uneven. You would dance the choreography from the beginning and then start over when the next section starts.
1: That was a lot of information. Um, I Types, know restarts, parts. <laughs> I know with me, um, after I decide that I like the song, I then go to the... Ta- I use tallies instead of eights. Same. Um, I'll, every time I hear an eight or in you know like case of walls like 6 I'll put a tally um and I'll just kind of tally along the page until like I hear a change in the music or like a new verse or something like that and I'll switch it down um and certain songs like you can certainly um dance through whatever like restart or um potential change in the music could be um, I know one of my favorites right now is uh, by Rachel for 1159. she has no tags no restarts in there but if you listen to the music in theory she could have made a dance that fit the phrasing of the music as opposed to dancing through but you know, it's like she did such a good job on the dance that you didn't need any of those restarts or those tags or anything like that because you could just dance through it. And then, although once or twice you are dancing, you know, to a different lyric per se than in the chorus than you were originally, she did such a good job on her choreography that it still hits um, extremely well. So it's still very satisfying to dance the dance. Um, so that's something I consider as well. Is For instance, like if there's, you know, 32 counts, 32 counts, 16 counts, 32 counts, 32 counts, 16 counts. Okay, well, I could either have a tag, I could have a part B for 16 counts, or I could dance all the way through it. And I kind of play with that and see what feels better. I know with um, Can't Walk Away, we decided to have the one restart. Uh, And then the four-count tag, just because of how it felt, it just needed those to really push the dance and the song along in a nice, smooth way. Mm -hmm. Um, But some other dances, you know, like I said, you can dance straight through them. Or, for instance, like Maddie's Power Mix... You know, you have to have a different style for all of those sections because the song itself changes the feel of it at that moment. Um, And she did such a great job at hitting all of those in those separate A, B, C, um, and then the tag, that it just really, really worked, so.
0: Speaking of power mix and um, also throwing Chase That Dollar in here, one sneaky thing you can do to not scare as many people is do an A minus or a B minus where the actual part A might be, like you said, 32, 32, 16, 32, 32, 16. You could say that you have A, A, and then a 16 count tag, or A, A, and a 16 count part B, or you can say that the whole thing, like 48 counts, 32 plus 16, that is A. The 32 that comes before that is like an A minus where you just do A up to 32 counts and then restart, and then you do A in full. So really, all they're learning is Part A. And that's less scary for people. A with restarts is not scary. But when you tell them that it's a Part AB, or it's got a 16-count tag that comes up twice and they have to remember where that is, then it might you know, deter them from learning it. Uh, but yeah this this concept of like an a minus is fairly new for me because I don't remember them having anything like that oh actually no there was something like that back at Mavericks when before they closed uh fake ID because we used to do that half of b yes when when you go back da, 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 forward forward clap, clap 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 down to the right down to the left cross and kick and cross and kick um there is okay so a lot of people just do a b or just they they call it like um one continuous dance And they re- they repeat those parts Over and over for the entire dance We learned The phrased version that broke Those two sections up To match the music better However, Fake ID is a tricky song In that At one point later in the song Where they say um, Here's my money, now get out of my way uh, duh, 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 right, Push my luck right up to the stage You have a part of music that does not go with either part A or part B so they have you do half of part B and then the full version of part B and then you do the ba na 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 tag and then you go back into the beginning. That was probably the first place I saw a part of part of a, a section used like that. But other than that it's been until probably Chase, that dollar and power mix that I've seen this concept of like the full section minus. Yeah. Alright, this next section I'm very excited about. B. Finding the hook. After finding out the basic structure of the song you are interested in, you then need to start using dance patterns to create the dance itself. Many successful dances have one distinctive movement that dancers refer to as the This is some clever little pattern such as a kick that happens in a certain part of the song that fits to something that is going on in the song. For example, the kick may always happen on a cymbal crash, or a hip movement may go with some other type of percussion, or a clap that would fit to a clicking or clapping sound in the song. When I first started doing my own choreography, I watched the dance floor and tried to analyze what it was that made the dancers all run out onto the dance floor and do a particular dance. Was it the song? Was it a certain step? Just what was it that made one dance more popular than another? I determined that there were consistently three main elements that were common to all of the successful dances. These are, one, the dance had some way to make noise, claps, stomps, snaps, etc. Two, the dance had turns. Three, the dance had a kick of some kind. I then applied this to all of the dances I was choreographing at the time These were my hooks Hmm,
1: interesting um, I know one of the few things I've, I've talked to you about Is um, why I learn certain dances Like what it is about um, this particular one dance That made me want to learn it or that dance that made me want to learn it. And a lot of it is some type of movement that hits really, really well, that I want to know how that feels and it looks really cool to do it. So like, I want to be able to be able to do that. Um, so I certainly understand the, okay, what is it about this particular dance that has 50 people on the floor? Whereas the last one had maybe 15. Um, some of that has to do with difficulty, some of it has to do with song, I, but a lot of it from what I can see is um, what it is about the particular dance um, which has a combination of the song needs to be catchy, needs to be something that like people enjoy doing and listening to over and over again, but also with the one or two little things here and there that catches people's attention. Um, I know right now, one of the biggest things that catches my attention is how many people look like they're enjoying the dance. That's a big one for me right now. Um, so that's something to be considered as well.
0: I was uh, doing a little analysis recently myself (laughs) and I noticed that, um, I think I even gave you a list of all the ones that do mm-hmm. this. Um, so this, let's see, how far are we into this? We're 44 minutes in, but maybe 45. It's, it's 1.45 here in Pacific time. So anybody who made it this far, here is your cheat code for the day. Uh, I noticed that a lot of the most popular ones right now, and even like classics, Poetry in Motion, Have Fun, Go Mad, both have this, uh, they connect at least three counts or three beats with syncopation. So seven and eight and one, or even sometimes six and seven and eight and one. Um, and it can be anywhere, four and five and six or anything like that. Uh, among the ones that I've noticed do this, there was chase that dollar because he could have easily in, uh, in that one part where you're going, you're rocking forward uh, and then you're moving backward. He could have just made those two back walks before he goes and out for the ow part, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. He goes rock recover and touch and touch and out and it connects all of those with the and counts twisted sister which I just learned a couple nights ago does a lot of this where he goes like uh, one two three four and five six and seven and eight and one two and so on Um, connecting three is more common that I've seen but connecting four can hit really well oh and now we're looking at the list Um, have fun go mad and that has it where one, two, three, and 4, 5, and 6, and 7, and 8, where you're doing the point at the end of the first 8 count. There's uh, He probably does it later as well. Um, poetry in Motion, when she, in the, what is it, the second 8 count, 1, 2, and 3, 4, and 5, 6, and 7, and 8, and sweep. So she does it there, that big running lead into that. Uh, SGS, he does it a few times. Uh, he does... Um, yeah, he does it in almost every eight count that I can think of, just off the top of my head. Uh, he does it in the the turning semi run into the sweep that goes into that ain't misbehavin' uh, fall away looking thing, um, and then of course he does it in the very beginning one, two, and three, four, and five, six, and seven, and eight, and side. Um, all right, let's see. Power mix, power mix. She does this. I'm sure she does this. Oh yeah, I got the, I got the, I got the power. One, and two, and three, and four, and. Uh, Twisted Sister, we just mentioned. Fine By Me even does this. Um, where does he do that? I think it was the touch, 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 out and out slide up. Um, so that hits a lot of those syncopated movements. Uh, let's see, what else Chase do we have? Dollar. Oh, yeah, Chase That Dollar, which we already mentioned. Um, <clears throat> so that is something I've noticed lately. And it's not like just you know syncopating everything, because you have to have it as a chunk. If you're just syncopating the entire thing, then... There's no distinct island of cool syncopated part. Um, I then started to think about what are some of the other classics um, that are still done and why don't those necessarily um, fall into this pattern, like Dizzy. And Dizzy goes more along with what he's saying uh, for like when he was doing his choreography. So with the noise. I have noticed this on the circuit, less so at bars, oddly enough. When you do the uh, shuffle back rock recover, right before the end, usually I'll see people in the circuit events go, woo, and um, yeah, we, we, we don't see that in the bars, even though they make noise for like every other dance. Uh, but there's your noise there. Also the uh, uh, when it goes instrumental and then the, the violin comes in closer to the end, I'll see a lot of people do the rock, recover, coaster step as stomps. Yes. Bum, 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 bum. So it's an optional make noise bit, but it's still making noise. Um, Definitely has turns. turns. Yes, (laughs) turns all over the place. Um, And even the kick. I originally learned the cross side sailor step as cross side behind and kick and cross because that's how I watched people do it at the bars. Again, optional. But if you wanted to throw that in... You would have the optional noise on the stomps and the and the woos, the optional kick instead of the sailor step, and uh, the turns. You can make them walk walks, or you can leave them as the original choreographer uh, intended, or as the choreographer originally intended, and have them be turns. So it doesn't have the and eight and one blah blah blah, blah but um, it does have what worked back then, um, still carrying over till now. And you know that's another thing I was thinking about recently. Some dances that came out then are classics now, and we still do them now because of how popular they were then. But I wonder how many would, if they were released today, be oh. played and, and uh, continue on as successfully. Because there are some that are clean choreography. But because of how tastes have changed, they might be too simple, and they don't have that six and seven and eight and one, so people lose interest. And after a couple months, they're done. Like we were talking about recently, a couple of dances that we went crazy over as soon as we learned them, and we're not like—I mean, I would not describe us as being like fickle or you know quick to move on, um, just you know on a whim, but. I think both of us have experienced those dances very fully and
1: They're fun in the they're fun in their occasional oh yeah, we used to do this, let's do this again kind of way. Right. More of a nostalgia now than it per se like a Yes, they're playing this song, I gotta mm-hmm. get out there and do it. Um it, there's a different feeling towards it now. Mm-hmm.
0: So Yeah, it's um it's different from how back in the day you could teach a dance one dance all year and have that be your touring dance and uh now you can tour with the dance for maybe like two or three events and that's like once a month maybe but i mean look at the ones that rachel isn't even teaching that she taught earlier this year and i don't think i saw falling played at all at fun in the sun and that was just you know months ago Mm -hmm. it seems crazy but um, that seems to be like the pace where we're at for better or worse and i think maybe before there were fewer opportunities for people to do these dances um, so they could do them more on a smaller scale and not have as we've described in previous episodes that peak experience too soon but now with all the event options people have they can have just learn to dance, do it at a major event that month or the next month, and then there there's their peak experience. Maybe they get one more good event out of it. And after that it's like, well, doing this in my community center couldn't possibly top doing it with the choreographer at this major event. So I'll move on to the next dance now. Like I have I have hit the adrenaline rush that I was hoping to get with this dance and um, nothing else could compare. Before, without those major events being everywhere all the time, people could wait all year just to do that one dance at the big event in November or something. Now they can do it like you know within a month or two. Yeah. I have lots of thoughts about hooks and popularity of dances in general. But moving on. <coughs> C. Naming the dance. Finding a name for the dance is sometimes challenging. Different choreographers use different guidelines. Some choreographers find clever words from the song they are using that are repeated enough times in the song that most people would recognize. Other choreographers name their dance after the title of the song. Some choreographers object to this. The reason being is that dancers from countries where English is not the native language have a difficult time asking a DJ to play a certain dance, or it is too much to try to learn the English for a song title and a dance title. The only problem with this is that if the song becomes outdated or dancers tire of it there will be a problem in the future in trying to revive the dance or find another track for the dance. I try to avoid naming a dance after a person that nobody really knows because you will have trouble marketing the dance if not too many dancers know who that person is.
1: Uh, That was certainly (laughs) one of the things that we were talking about when it came to Can't Walk Away. We did not want to call it craving you hmm. like that was like absolutely will not name it this day this song title um, we have to come up with something else um,
0: two of the case studies we learned from were shape of you and can't stop the feeling <laughs>
1: um we wanted something that's still similar enough that still has that same kind of feel towards craving you um and hopefully something that like in the song itself were lyrics that were said, and that's where we came up with Can't Walk Away. Um, K is for Kicks, however, is like the most adorable name I've heard ever. Um, That is totally... I mean, that's more based on the dance than the song itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I liked about that particular title. Um, However, there are certain dances that just work really, really well being titled what they're titled, um, or being titled to what the song is titled. Uh, that's one of those where you have to be a little bit careful, um, because you want something that's similar enough to the song that when people ask for it, it's fine. But, um, what is the, what, what is the perfect example? I think the song is Cheerio.
0: Oh, for broken hearted.
1: And the dance is broken hearted. Mm.
0: And there is another dance called Cheerio.
1: Um, but at our local venue years past, everybody knew it as Cheerio. Mm. Same thing with um, the song Bartender. Uh, the dance is actually called Love on Top. Mm. Uh, people unfortunately get mistaken when you do change the, the song title from to the dance title um, and they're different, people can still ask for, oh, that song, and it can get called the wrong thing. Unfortunately, we have experienced that with Can't Walk Away as well, mm-hmm. but that's okay. We still love everybody.
0: Yeah, up in Davis, they uh, they refer to I Like It Loud as Let's Get Loud because they use the song Let's Get Loud by Jennifer Lopez, uh, but it was originally choreographed with the title I Like It Loud by, I believe, Doug and Jackie Miranda, and... um yeah, that, that's one where it's close enough that it's like, okay, you know, not, not a big deal. Then there are cases like Georgia Peaches, which is not a dance. Um, <laughs> it's actually a modified version of the cowboy hip-hop, but somebody on YouTube years ago uploaded it and said, hey, check out this dance to Georgia Peaches, and then they did it, and somebody in the comments was like, hey, that's the cowboy hip-hop, and they never changed the title. They never did anything with their video to change it. So then, when it was picked up by our local country bar, uh, it was taught as Georgia Peaches, because I guess they didn't see the comment in the YouTube video, and I know I hadn't, so I was telling people I knew Georgia Peaches, and uh, then we made the mistake of bringing it up to um, a couple of places in Northern California, and we told them it was Georgia Peaches, and we released a line dance tutorial video saying how to do Georgia Peaches. This was all before we knew it was actually the cowboy hip-hop. Um, now, they call it Georgia Peaches, and there's like no way to take that back like we've tried to tell people hey it's actually the cowboy hip-hop they're just doing it to georgia peaches and they changed like a, a running man into a skate that's like it and then a few other minor you know holds or whatever that are filled in um once, it's like putting the, the toothpaste back in the tube You know, you just can't do it after a while So sometimes um, when you're naming your dance And you think, oh, I'll, I'll just give it a tentative title Or I'll just use this song for it the one time People will grab it and they'll stick with it And they'll never let you go back So be careful <laughs> Be real sure you have all your, your I's dotted and your T's crossed Before you put that step sheet out And make sure that it's the final version of everything There's always more time
1: Uh, yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to naming a dance, it's certainly fun to be creative and have something, um, that's along the same lines. Like, for instance, uh, Power Mix, I thought was really creative because the song is called Power by the group Little Mix. So I thought that was really creative that she was able to put the two together, um, and then it also kind of really fit just the fact that you know it it has so many parts to it that mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a mix of mm-hmm. things. So I thought she did a good job on that one. Um, but sometimes it's like, for instance, eleven fifty nine. The dance is eleven fifty nine. The song is eleven fifty nine. It works. It does. Um, so there's no rule against naming the dance after the song, and there's no rule saying that you can't do it or that you have to do it. Um, so it's really just in your best judgment and,
0: you yeah. know. One of the things that I've noticed, and I noticed this with, um, in particular, I think what drew, drew it to my mind uh, recently was She Used to Be Mine. If you're doing a dance to a track that you're pretty sure nobody else is going to touch, then, I mean, when you think about why you're naming your dance what you're naming it, it's sort of a service to the dancers to not be confused. If, if a song is just coming out and you're pretty darn sure, oh, this is gonna be like the hit song of the summer, everyone's gonna have a dance to it, you are going to confuse people by naming your dance the same as what you predict everyone else will name it. Uh, oddly enough, this even happened with Sunshine In My Pocket for Can't Stop The Feeling, because that just had that, that song had so many dances come out to it that multiple people thought Sunshine In My Pocket was like a clever thing to name that that dance. Uh, for that song Uh, So if you are going to make a dance that maybe the song is several years old and nobody's done anything to it or it's a Complicated piece of music and it's got a lot of sections and You think no one's gonna touch this because of all the phrasing Then yeah, if you want to just name it whatever the song is then it keeps things simple for people as they say Some people don't want to learn an English name for the song and the dance and it also keeps the confusion factor from being a problem for anyone because there is no other dance for it when i when i released all the pretty girls in january there was nothing else to it that song was several at least a few years old it predated um so you know that the song we are young and um Some Nights by Fun. This song predates both of those from one of their previous albums. So I thought, okay, nobody's going to do this. I can't believe there's nothing else for this title. So then Kenny Chesney releases All the Pretty Girls. Different different song completely. And uh, he just calls it All the Pretty Girls. So I'm like, oh no. (laughs) Um, Trevor Thornton just came out with a dance for that song. And he called it The Pretty Girls Said. So... God bless you, Trevor Thornton. <laughs> you could have easily just like said, "Nope, I'm going to call it All the Pretty Girls.' Who cares about Chris's song, his dance? Forget it. You know, it's 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 moot." Uh, but no, he was very very thoughtful and decided not to confuse all the people uh, who wanted to learn his dance. Um, he also differentiated his shape of you by calling it the shape of you. That gives me the perfect opportunity to remind folks that um, on I know at least Copper Knob, when you look up the song and you search by music, things appear alphabetically. It can be sneaky. If you would like another cheat code one hour into our episode, um, if, you, if you make your dance title alphabetically higher than either every other dance or at least just the, the song title, you are more likely to get clicked on, in my opinion, because people don't wanna search forever to find a dance they like to a song that they want to dance to We were fortunate in naming our dance Can't C.A. Can't Walk Away when the song title is Craving You I think there was one dance above ours and it was Kelly's with Always Craving Other than that, if people took two clicks going down that list they would find ours there is a huge, huge chunk of people naming their dance Craving You. There are still dances coming out today titled Craving You, but people will never get to those dances if they stop at the first three dances that they click. Um, also, I've noticed having a verb in your title helps. Another cheat code for you. Wow, you're giving
1: all of them away.
0: Yeah, yeah, I figure, you know, people, it were like how many episodes in, like 70, 80 episodes into into these uh, move radio style um, talk about anything episodes if it's three words and one of them is a verb it'll stick in people's mind more easily I think Um, I noticed Dustin did this with Chase That Dollar he used the song expensive but there's a line in the song where they say we've all been taught to chase that dollar but that's not on my mind or something like that so he's got three words easy to remember a verb um, and you know a a noun so like do this to that thing Um,
1: do something
0: crazy do something crazy was another one that came to mind uh, as Megan points out Um, run me like a river the song is called river but they use a verb in there and it is in the lyrics of the song run me like a river shut shut your mouth and run me like a river Um, they could have just called it river but they extended it to make it like a complete thought you know, a command or a verb, verb-noun verb combination. Um, have fun, go mad. Uh, yes, it's the name of the song, but also it is giving a command. Like, it, it has something for you to do. It's sort of like how in sales on, on websites, they tell you to use uh, an action button. You can just give a message, and that's fine, but it'll really stick in people's behavior and memory if you give them something to do. Even if clicking the button just says, like... Um, click here and watch like the monkey dance or something. Whatever you click that, and then you feel engaged. You did something. Also, I have thought this is a more recent uh, one of one of our cheat codes for today. Um, I was thinking recently about what it would sound like if the DJ said it. Does the DJ want to say it? Like there's a <laughs> there's a, a song I've been listening to recently by MC Boing, and I <laughs> thought about titling the dance boing boing because <laughs> I I know that Louie would love to say that I, Oh God! at least Louie maybe others maybe Jill as well but if I were just to call it like boing that you know it's a little flatter uh, or boing 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 is too many but like just think about imagine the DJ saying it do they sound like they're enjoying saying it I know JP sounds like he's having fun when he says crash up next is crash like there's something about that that he seems to like because uh, other ones, he'll just say, like, take me to the river, coming up next. But you know, there are some that you can tell the DJs want to play just so they can say it. Um, oh, also, for song selection, yeah. yeah, OK. Here's another cheat code for you. Um, so Megan and I discovered this just recently. Um, if you want to have your dance played at an event, uh, try to imagine, in the present and in the long term, where it fits in the overall flow of the night. Is it an opener dance, like Beautiful Goodbye, Gypsy Queen, um, what were some previous ones, like If I Was You. um, 50 Ways. 50 Ways, got every event, 50 (laughs) Ways. Uh, Hello Dolly. Like these are not late night dances, these are open, get people warmed up dances. So if you are thinking of choreographing uh, one of those, think, okay, Great piece of music. I could go advanced on this, but no, I want an opener dance. going to keep an improver. Uh, maybe an upbeat either tempo or message so that people feel excited to get out on the dance floor. Like just can't, what is it? Just feel like dancing, sunshine in my pocket. So just dance, dance, dance. All of those use can't stop the feeling. So all of them have their place somewhere. Uh, those are your opener dances. And then, of course, you know, if things were taught that weekend, they're probably going to get played. The peak. that isn't even, that's not a guarantee. Uh, there, there are some dances, I mean, it's a you know, long weekend. A lot of dances are being taught. Your dance might not even be played during open dance. You'd think that's like a gimme, but no. Maybe they'll just play it at noon during that open dance and they'll never get around to it later on, uh, depending on the flow of the night. Um... Then as you start getting later, you get a combination of things. You have classics um, that are just always going to be played, like Have Fun Go Mad and Poetry in Motion. You have, cla- um, if not classics, then older dances that the DJs like to either stump the choreographers on or um, watch certain dancers do, like John doing Syncopated Rhythm. That's just that's a good show. Um, also... There are the dances that it's just. Would it be. Like, another thing to ask yourself when choosing a dance would it be funny if the DJ played it right now at like 1 something a.m., 3 something a.m.? If they just whipped out this dance for whatever reason, whether it's like Skiffle Time or Jukebox, maybe. Maybe Jukebox is less of one of those examples. I think maybe something more like Splish Splash. But like, hold your horses. That would be one of those where it's like, okay, we're just gonna have, we're just gonna have a little fun with this right now. Uh, watermelon crawl, mbop to the original song. These are ones where the, the DJ is just messing with you. And, if you think that your dance has the potential to do that, then you know create one like that. I th- That one that I mentioned, MC Boeing, that song is ridiculous. It's like two minutes and 20 seconds.
1: God, is that the one
0: that you tortured me with? Uh, you're... I
1: said, Is that the one that you tortured me with?
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, it sounds like a seizure set to music. And it has Boeing sound effects, too, just to boot. Um, but that is one of those where I think this probably won't be like enjoyed widespread as like, oh, it's the dance we want to do this fall. But if It'll I... be if, fun. Oh, yeah. If I put that dance out there and Louis is aware of it, he would put that on like five years from now just to be like, all right, let's break these people. <laughs> just because he can. Um, so, yeah, think about where your dance falls in anywhere along that uh, timeline. And if it doesn't, it might not be played. Because we've seen really great dances that are for the moment embraced and danced and then months later never seen again which is surprising like i mean for somebody like rachel she puts out dances left and right but there were a lot of her semi-recent dances we didn't see at fun in the sun and she was in the ballroom she could have done them if they were played maybe because um, like she didn't fully remember boys like you in portland but like she has so many dances that's understandable um if your dance is just one of those, will enjoy it now, but it's not going to become classic sort of things. Just recognize that and accept it, and then you know enjoy it for the time that it's out there. And even if it never comes up again at any event in the future, at least you had that time with it. When you're thinking about trying to make something, make something classic, uh, or you know set it up for success, think about the event and uh, and the flow of the event. Is it an opener? Is it um, gonna be one of those funny or stumper dances or is it um oh also innovative dances if if it's an innovative dance that you think no one's going to steal from like the beast which i'm surprised like i've said before i'm surprised more people haven't lifted parts of that choreography because it's so interesting um but have fun go mad poetry in motion the beast and even as i've discovered recently Twisted Sister. 32 counts, but it's advanced, it's weird, it's got a lot of fun stuff that hits, and it's still played. I remember it being played late night in uh, in Windy City. I think it might have also been at Big Bang and Fun in of the Sun. <clears throat>
1: um, the other thing is, uh, you were talking specifically ballroom-wise, but there's a lot of people who really enjoy... Choreographing for their local community center or their local bar venue or Mm. stuff like that—that's where you really gotta take into consideration, like who you are doing this dance for. Because the other thing is, um, a few of the things that I've choreographed, I literally choreographed only for me. I don't ever plan on releasing them to anything um, or anything like that. Um, You know, it's like it's—it's nothing that. I wanted to put out there for others, it was something that I wanted to do for practice. Mm-hmm. It was something I wanted to do to that particular song, but I don't see it ever being played in a bar. I don't see it ever being played at a community center and I don't ever see it being played in a ballroom. So why would I put it out there at the time for this time? Um, but I still knew I wanted to choreograph something to it. I have a couple of those, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, that's helped me just practice breaking things down and uh, putting movement together and having it flow and where the restart is and really hearing the music. Um, the other thing is, you know, certain songs, when I'm listening to them, I know that they're in the moment songs, but I really want something to do to, to it. It's gonna bug me if I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas other songs where it's like, no, I want this to be long-term. Those are the ones that I'm going to put a whole lot of energy into, and those are the ones I'm going to release. So it's really, why are you choreographing to this particular song? What movements you want, where your audience is going to be, that really leads you to this point um, on the idea of like, okay... I'm putting it out there. Now what am I going to name it so that people know what it is? Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah, I um, that was one of the things I really liked about just how K is, K, K is for Kicks turned out. Uh, we mentioned this just, I think, yesterday um, regarding like what sets a dance apart when there's so many to choose from. And with K is for kicks, there's the fact that it's an absolute beginner to a popular song right now, which I don't think existed at the time that I put it out, There were only my dance and the other two, and they were improver and intermediate. Um, but also part of it is just, when you say K is for kicks, as an instructor, you just like saying it. And you like explaining, there's a K-step and there are heels which you could turn into kicks. That's fun. It's just like your 15 seconds of fun for the day. Um, with Can't Walk Away, yes, we had the dance. It doesn't have, like, a whole lot of crazy, hooky stuff, but it also had that demo video, which we mentioned at the top of this episode. Uh, it's got location changes and credits and outtakes. It's got a lot going on.
1: Us having a lot of
0: fun. Yes, that very much so. Uh, and even a special cameo appearance by Cat Painter, somewhere on the, the sides of that one clip from Stoney's. Uh, and also, I think, probably people from Wine Country Line Dance popping in and out, as well as Sonoma State Line Dance Club. Uh so that that was one of like the little bonus things. Like, there's the dance, and then there's the bonus. Like, with, um, let's see, what would be something that come, has come out recently? Um, mm, oh, okay, Sinner. Sinner is a fine dance on its own. Like, it's got a good song, and, and um, you know the dance fits it. But there's that video with like I don't know how many, like a dozen and a half dancers. No, probably more than that. Probably like a couple dozen dancers Choreographers on stage At Festaline all doing this together And Roy Verdonk Doing the yeehaw parts during the guitar solo And uh, when he drops the mic And Jose like laughs in his face About it um, All these people Guyton's up there, Roy, uh, uh Niels, Pedro I think, si- I-, I think Simon might have been up there Like Everyone is on the stage and then you got, you're like, oh, i got to learn this. i got to feel like I'm on that stage with all of them. So think about what bonus your dance can have. If it's, like, the video or the hook. The hook is fine. It could just be a dance on its own. Um, or is it the title? Um, is it, like, straight to the castle? Like, that experience that you don't get from other dances where, like, most of the time it's just a straight dance, but then it goes contra, and you head into battle, And it's got two bonuses because then it has the choreography and it has the video of New Orleans with that giant stage and Joey and Dustin up there and like these armies of people because it was a sold-out event. Like All of these things were going for it, so it gained a lot of momentum. Whereas you take a dance that we enjoy, we think is very fun and cute, like clap, 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 and I haven't seen it. Um, in as many places that as I would expect to see it. It's such a fun dance. It's not that complicated. It's easy to follow if you don't even know it. But it does have the title. I do like the title. Clap, clap, clap. What's uh, that? It's got that noise. Is. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have that I can think of, like, a big distinctive video that I've ever seen for it. Um, and... I don't know exactly where it fits into the course of an evening unless it was taught at that event. If Amy's there, it might get played. But if she's not there, then it's not really a commonly done opener. It has a lot of counts. It's two parts. So it's not going to be your improver opener. It's not going to... Again, unless Amy's there, it's not really one of those late-night-out-of-nowhere things because how does he even know? How does the DJ even know who knows this dance? Um, And it's not one of those, like, big epic ones like Straight to the Castle in the middle of the night where Joey doesn't have to be there, but, like, people are going to do it. Like, mirrors. Amy does not have to be there for mirrors, nor does Will. But that one will get people into it because it's so different and weird and distinctive, like Poetry in Motion, uh, like Have Fun, Go Mad, and the Beast. uh, And that one will continue to be done... Just because it is what it is. It stands on its own. It has that bonus to it um, that it couldn't have if it were just a one-wall dance without Contra. So this was all supposedly in the section naming the dance. (laughs) Uh, There is a a section that follows. Minor rants. It's okay. What's that?
1: it said minor rants. It's Minor
0: rants, yes. We do have our minor rants from time to time. Part D. Marketing the dance. How do you sell it? The number of dances being done today and the short shelf life of many of them are a testament to the number of choreographers who are successfully marketing their dances. What needs to be done in order to have your dance make an impact on dancers is to send it to as many sources as possible. Line Dancer Magazine and Kick It are two of the largest archives, but there are many other excellent websites. Send the dance to friends who may teach and or dance in other areas. Networking is very important. If you are submitting a dance to a publication, the rule is, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. This means that upon receiving your dance, it is put into a pile of other dances, which sometimes causes yours to become buried. The more you submit your dance, the chances are better that it will stay in the forefront. An employee of Country Weekly Magazine once gave me a fax number for the express purpose of submitting my dances. I couldn't figure out why I had never heard from them, until I asked the main office for the number again and found out, I had been sending my line dances to Soap Opera Digest instead of Country Weekly. Oops. No one ever said anything. I guess I'm saying to be persistent. If you are teaching your dance at various dance events and classes, make sure you don't give up too easily. Many teachers, myself included, sell themselves short by not devoting enough time to letting their dance start to become popular. If a dance doesn't become an instant hit, they abandon it for another dance they just whipped up. Let the dance evolve. Remember that it can take as long as six months or more before a dance will catch on.
1: Oh, so many points come to mind on this one. So first of all, um, we've gone to several different events. So we've been able to see a lot of different styles out there, different instructors, different um, music that has caught on versus some that haven't. Um, stuff like that. We've also made quite a few friends of those friends. I know I personally have asked several of them, Hey, when I start choreographing, would it be okay to send you my stuff and get feedback? I want honest feedback. It is okay. If you don't like it, if there's problems with it, I want you to tell me because that is the only way I'm going to learn how to fix it. Um, and from there, I then start choreographing. I sent it to those people and got feedback. Um, one of the other things I did while working on "Can't Walk Away with You" was I took a ton of pictures. I took like I think like a 20 second video clip of uh, you and me editing the video, um, and I made little—I um, can't even think of what they're called right now—but just little pictures that had nobody, nothing to do with anything. Um, but I put in, you know, put in Can't Walk Away choreographed by, you know, Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Marcilia. Um And I put these little things up everywhere. Um, I did them on Facebook, like, what, every couple of days or whatever. And that was more or less for me so that when I get to look next year on Facebook with the On This Day feature that they have. Or, for instance, I use the app TimeHop that goes back several years um, so that I get to see that process again and have that nostalgic reaction. I know one of the last times I'd posted something, I was like, oh my God, these people are going to be so sick of me. You know, my friends are going to be like, seriously, we're over your dance. We haven't even seen it yet and we're already over it. And when I posted that last one, I remembered my friend um, Danielle comments. She was like, I love these little teasers. And I went, oh, they don't hate me okay good you know um we then released the dance with the video so i felt like one those little tidbits that i was throwing out there those teasers promised a bigger payout and then we had the demo that we did that everybody seemed to love to watch because it was different it was fun you got tons of different um sceneries and you got us you know like really enjoying the dance and if you watched all the way to the end you got a little clip of one of the many situations in which we were cracking up making jokes while filming um and so I feel like that build-up helped and then we we delivered on our promise so that was crucial right there it wasn't like a oh, yeah, this is a one-time thing. We're never going to do this again. And, oh, yeah, here's a a video of, you know, us just woken up and, you know, like, we got together and, like, you know, sweatpants outside or something like that and just kind of, like, half-energied this particular demo video. And, you know, it was sloppy and messy. And, you know, like, you could tell that there was time spent into this video. Um, So I think people really jumped onto that. But also because I had sent we had sent it out for feedback, we also had people who already knew about the dance. Um, some I'm not sure how people found out about the dance sometimes. Um, I know that uh, we would scour Facebook and try and follow anybody who taught our dance and make sure that we told them thank you because you know it's it's so humbling for me and i'm pretty sure for you as well um that people that we've never even met are promoting our dance um it's just it's this whole nother world that you know it's dreams coming true kind of situation so we want to make sure we thank anybody and everybody that we possibly can um and then we got really lucky and a few key people really started pushing the dance Anne-Marie down in SoCal, we had um, Donna Manning in Florida, that was huge, Um, and I mean, and then Joe taught our dance in Colorado, Uh, it's just, you know, I mean, Michelle taught it, I believe at Smoky Mountain, you know, so we got really lucky, and this just to name a few people, because there's been so many people who have just really pushed the dance and really you know, put energy into it. Um, We have people in China, people in, you know, Canada. We have, I mean, gosh, it's all over the place. It's insane. I really do want to get a map and push, put pins in it wherever our dance has been taught.
0: Uh, France. France, there was that one dance team, um, the something angels, I think. I want to say Hell's Angels, but no, that's not right. (laughs) But yeah, they they posted a demo video a while back and um, really wasn't expecting that.
1: Right. I mean, and there's, again, like I said, there's so many people who have brought it to their local venue too, which was huge. And we do not, you know, by any means want to make you feel unloved or, you know, forgotten or anything like that. Um, But it was because we were able to network essentially with these people that it really, you know, caught on. And there's been, you know, people that just have you know, found the dance randomly um, And wanted to teach it So it was just kind of it's It's been a special treat um, I know that the Wine Country Line Dance uh, Folks Which it also include uh, Brenda Chateau And then uh, Dolly's wonderful class Bless them, I love them all so much Dolly Urquhart Yeah Um They've really been crazy supportive to us. Um, Being local and all of that, we're able to firsthand experience that. Um, But social media is crucial for putting out dances. The one thing I do know is that I love when people put out their dances here and there as opposed to like, Everywhere. Once things go out everywhere, I'm kind of like, okay, all right.
0: Mm. Yeah, like if um, if I see 16 notifications on Facebook and I open it up and 12 of them are a single person posting to like every line dance group on Facebook that I'm a part of, then I'm less inclined to open it just because I feel like, Ugh, like I just saw this wall of of notifications. One thing I've noticed, Vivian's really good about, Vivian too with her dance uh, videos, she'll do maybe three at a time. So she'll still put out like a large volume of links to her latest teaches, but she'll do three groups, wait a day, three other groups, wait another day. So I'll still open whatever it is that she's posting about because... I mean, it's Vivian. I love her videos. If she did them all at the same time, as much as I love Vivian, I would probably not click it just out of principle. Like, why would you do that when you know we all follow the same stuff?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Or um, one of the other things is if you choreograph, say, three dances, it's really hard um, coming from my standpoint, which is, one, a dancer, and two, now an instructor... Um, it's really hard to pick one mm. because I have six or seven different people putting out three or four dances a day and it's kind of like, okay um, you kind of pollute your own marketing there mm. um, because all the, for me I think of it, okay what's the best of the three? Mm. I'll put that out. Maybe a week later I'll put another one out um, cranking out dances just to crank out dances, for me, um, it's it's harder to, lack of a better term, get behind and support someone who just seems like a machine mm. and just pops them out left and right and left and right because of the fact that I know how much thought and energy um, I put into a dance. And it's not necessarily fair for me to hold others to this standard, but I feel almost as if I'm not going to get as satisfied by someone who in a week's time put out 14 dances Um, how much time did they really spend on these dances how much thought did they really put into the movement how are they really going to hit the deep part of that particular song with with movement if they were so split attention on so many different dances Mm. now I also understand the inspiration hits, the inspiration hits, but that doesn't mean you need to put them all out at once. There is something to be said about, for instance, Shady and how long they waited to release Shady for the prime time, and that dance has been big since they released it. Mm
0: -hmm. Also for some of these community center classes, if you have like an hour, you teach one dance for half an hour, and then you do open dance and get through maybe like nine or ten songs. Like a lot of those are gonna be requests that they've that the students have already done. Um some of them maybe will be like newer teaches, others will be more like classics like Dizzy or something. If you have six new dances just in the past like couple months, do you? I I, I wouldn't want to like tell anybody how to like live their life or, or right. release. I, I know I even interviewing Roy was it Ray, Roy Verdonk and possibly Raymond Sarlamane, Like one of them, I think, said that uh, they don't try to d- put out any like schedule strategically. If they if they choreograph a dance, they put it out. That's it. Like simple as that. Um, however, like if you are aiming to have every one of the dances that you just put out taught at these people's classes, you're gonna monopolize their time. And remember that you're sharing time slot space in that playlist with your friends. So it might benefit you in a way, I guess, by having like your name on like half of the playlist, but then that means your choreographer friends are not going to get their dance played because that's when it would have been played if yours hadn't taken that slot. it can be very like tempting, uh, also, as the instructor, as the DJ, to, uh, you know, if you have a friend that uh, you want to promote and you just put out all their dances, it can be at the expense of things that the dancers would prefer to do, which is somebody else's dance. So it, it's just nicer not to put anyone in that tough spot um, and, like, have to play favorites. And that's why I really like the way Scott uh, Blevins and Joe pace themselves. It just, I mean, especially with Joe, it really... Actually, in both in both of them, it, like, has, like, a different flavor to it. For Scott, it seems like his limited releases show his perfectionism and his desire to have, like, the best dance possible that he can stand behind for, like, the next 20 years if necessary. And with Joe, it kind of shows her humility. Like, she doesn't want you... She doesn't even have merchandise. Like, she puts out these dances, and she has fun, and she loves teaching, and... You can see that she enjoys doing her own dances. Uh, but she also doesn't expect you to just do all her dances over the course of your social. Like, she knows that there are other great dances out there. and You can see how much fun she has doing those too, not just hers. So if she puts out one dance in like three or four months, it, it might be partly so that you know, she doesn't step on anybody else's possibility of being played in that playlist. And especially also, since she does have that attention to quality as well, she might still have a lot of her dances show up in a playlist, like Showstopper and Wakey Wakey and Dizzy and so on, uh, but those are over the course of several years of really high-quality dances, as opposed to just trying to get all the ones she did in the last two months played back-to-back. Yeah. So that's one of the things I was, I was thinking about um, as we've completed a couple of dances recently or at least gotten strong first drafts before feedback uh, begins as exciting as it would be to just put them out right now because we're done oh my goodness like now everyone can see them it also would put people in a tough spot with can't walk away because they're still teaching it as though it's our new big dance and as soon as we put something else out onto the the charts or whatever can't walk away becomes old news and then they as the instructors are stuck having to tell their students yeah i mean it's one of their older dances but i still like it it's better for them as the instructor to say no i'm teaching you all the newest freshest hottest stuff and if you're always putting out new fresh hot stuff you're going to wear them out (laughs) and they're they're not going to have as much excitement about teaching one of your slightly older ones
1: yeah. And um specifically with Can't Walk Away too, they were saying how it may take some time for it to catch on. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this fun little roller coaster thing going on where it was, you know, a few people would catch on and then it would kinda like disappear for a little bit and then a few more people would catch on, then kinda of disappear for a little bit and then you know, and it's been this really fun ride essentially. Um and it's been interesting because it's like there's certain moments where we don't see anything about it being teached and then all of a sudden it's being taught at four different spots and so we're kind of like huh okay well I'm really glad we haven't really released anything together yet because you know we really want people to have a chance to see this dance and really appreciate it um, and you know make it their own uh, and now I mean the last month or two has definitely been taking a little bit um more of a uphill uh ride on this particular roller coaster um
0: yeah with um with all the the videos that we've seen like you really just never know where it's going to be taught next
1: yeah i mean it was recently taught um in davis it was recently taught down in anaheim um it was recently reviewed somewhere else um potentially it's made its way overseas, I'm not sure, uh, we'll see what happens there, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's been quite an experience, and I'm really glad that even though we have, our, like you said, a strong first draft of another one, um, we're waiting on it, because I really, I really want people to have the opportunity to fall in love with Can't Walk Away, and um, before we put out this next one Mm
0: -hmm. yeah let it breathe a little bit as they say here um, let the dance evolve remember that it can take as long as six months or more before a dance will catch on also and there are these options for folks to song change it and if you jump to the next dance really quickly then it doesn't have that opportunity to stretch into other music and see could this be done to other things while we wait for Megan and Christopher's new dance. Like, we get to just keep enjoying theirs, but to other songs. Uh, Also, Scott mentioned, teach until, teach the same dance until there's nobody left in the class. Because you might assume that because you released something a while ago, everybody already knows it. But then you teach it and people still go to your class. Even if they do already know it, sometimes they just want to take it from the choreographer. We took flow; That was the only class we took at all of Fun in the Sun. <laughs> but we really wanted to take it from Rachel. And Scott said, like, if he did a, a class of Have Fun, Go Mad, he guarantees you know, it would be packed. Oh, yeah. And, of course, like, so many of us already know that, but I didn't even know it until, like, a, some number of months ago. Like, that was one that... Um, it just seemed like I was almost resisting it because everybody knew it. And I, at the time was, you know, Mr. Yeah, country bar dancer. And like, well, I, I know all these other dances and like, yeah, this, this might be their classic, but it doesn't mean I, I'll get, I'll get around to it. Like then I did it and I did it to uh, Eminem shake that. Cause that's one of the late night selections they use for song changing it. And I enjoy it so much. And, um, I would be like happy to teach that like anywhere, just because it's as a dance, it's a lot of fun to do, and I can see why it would have become a classic. But again, like with as many like two hundred something country bar dances that I knew before I found out about the circuit, like I didn't know that one, so I could have taken that lesson and learned something that I really needed to learn. Um, also, regionally speaking, you can. Teach everybody on the West Coast, and then you go over to the East Coast, and they've never heard of you. So then, just teach the same old dance again. Why not? Like, uh, maybe three or four people saw your video online, but the rest of them are learning it for the first time.
1: Yeah. Now that is slightly different when it comes to the the venues and the events that require you to have new choreography, though. So that is something to take into consideration. Is there are certain events that require all new, brand new, never been released choreography. Um, which, you know, that could be a different episode. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that's also when it's good to have a couple dances unreleased sitting in your back pocket because you could just release it as recorded in the middle of a parking lot taught to no one, and that's fine, but if you have that dance ready and nobody has taught anything to that song yet, nobody's created other dances to that song, and you teach it for an event, like one or 200 people, people are gonna watch that video and think, oh, well, if nothing else, these 200 people know this dance. They all stuck with the lesson to the end. I guess it must be pretty good. It must be a legit dance. Like I can accept the, the credibility of this choreographer's credentials. Um, if you're just doing it in the middle of your kitchen and you're trying to seem like somebody who would be ready to teach at an event at a moment's notice, it doesn't really, showcase that. It doesn't show the lateral move that that would be. (laughs) So it might be better just to wait until you can do it in all its glory. Like one of the examples we've used is Straight to the Castle. You could do that with two people, but why would you? Like, mirrors. We can do a nice elegant version of it with two people but it's so much cooler in a long line. So if you want to record the demo everyone's going to be watching for the next three years while it's taught everywhere, do it in a setting that will look like where they're going to do it, like at an event. Mm -hmm. Even if that means you have to put on, like, a volunteer workshop for, like, five hours, just some little thing, and get a lot of people in the door for free to do your dance, like, it'll make the dance look a lot cooler. Um, And it'll be more representative of how it should be done with a mass of people. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you're worried about, like, not charging, then just make it, like, a charity fundraiser or something. (laughs) Uh, let's see, I think there might have been, there might have been another thought somewhere in my head on that. Maybe it'll come back around. Here's party. <clears throat> How to write a step description. A well-written step description should contain as much information as possible about the dance and at the same time should be short enough for publication. Keep in mind that a step description is designed to help you recreate the choreography of the dance. The step sheet is a teaching tool and makes certain assumptions that the dancer has already learned the fundamentals of dance and they are proficient enough to read the description and know for example what a shuffle or a grapevine is. A step description for a beginner dance is not necessarily to be read by beginners. It is just to recreate a beginner dance. Certain basic movements do not have to be broken down, like shuffle steps or grapevines. A a step description should include the following 1. Title of dance 2. Choreographer's name and contact information. 3. Date of choreography. 4. Number of counts, level of dance. 5. Type of dance, line, mixer, pattern partner dance. 6. Bridges, tags, or phrased, A-B. 7. Song title, include artist, album title, An exact version of the song, extended, radio mix, etc. Preferably at the top of the sheet to make all the information available at a glance. 8. Use headings to give a listing of the components above each section of choreography. 9. Whenever possible, have one column of numbers from 1 through 8 describing the count, and a second column listing numbers that run consecutively, as in 1 through 32 which will make it easy to find a particular section if you get questions about your dance. If it is an easy enough dance, this is not always necessary. You will have to use your own discretion to avoid too much clutter on the step description. Then it says, if possible, list. And then it just doesn't say anything, it just says, if possible, list. But then after that, it says Max Perry and all his contact information.
1: So some of the things that um, I will admit to, when it comes to writing step sheets, is I cheat? Mm. I cheat big time. First and foremost, I totally copy Rachel's format.
0: Same, yes.
1: Totally, 100%, stole it straight off her page. <laughs> um, it's just, when I, when I go to read her step sheets, they just make sense to me. Um, so I just literally went, you know what? She's been doing this long enough. She knows what she's doing. I'm just going to copy her format. Um, one of the things that he didn't mention that I actually really appreciate is when it makes sense to also include on the far right side. So the way I do it is I do the left side, the counts in the middle box. I describe the count, what you're actually doing with your feet. And on the far right side, I include what wall you're facing um, at the, by the end of that particular sequence of counts. Um, I, I like doing that. Um, one of the other things that I really like doing is putting counts together, like one, two, or one and two go on the same line. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't need to be one, the next line and, and then the next line too. Like It's just waste of paper, it's waste of time and energy when you can take that, put it in the same line um, or really, really clean it up that way. Uh,
0: Um, Going along with that, sometimes if you have an eight and one then it's easier to bring that one from the next section and just lift it up into the previous section because it helps complete the thought. If you're doing like a kickball change or a kickball cross or something like that, it's easier to describe in the previous section at the very end, kick, ball, cross, and have that one included, rather than have kickball and then the next section, cross.
1: Yes, very true. Um, <clears throat> I also get feedback on my step sheets and make sure I'm calling things correctly and describing things correctly yeah. from experienced individuals. Thank you, Luann. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that helps as well um one of the things i will do is i will read out the way a step sheet is written um i've done this a few times now with my sister as the guinea pig and see how she interprets the steps if i'm just describing it off the sheet as opposed to showing her um that helps me to know if i'm describing what i'm trying to describe uh so that's one of the tricks i use as well um, and then another thing is, I know at a couple different events, uh, John Robinson actually offers a step sheet writing class. Hmm. Um, if you have anything like that available to you, I highly recommend taking it. Um, just get that foundation. You know, there's certain people that have been doing this their whole life for their life. So, you know, take it from the people who've figured it out don't you know reinvent the wheel here Mm -hmm. Um, another thing I do is if I don't know how to describe a movement I will think of the dances that I've seen that said movement in before and I will look them up and I look all of them up as many as I can remember to see how many of them describe it the same way and if that's if that makes sense to me
0: Mm. yeah there's um okay so before I forget I'm going to bookmark these thoughts for you so i can list them all later picture cheat absolute beginner and universal format i'm going to start with the picture Um, include a picture of yourself on the step sheet that way when people are going through their binder and they're doing like a fred day or a rachel or maddie day or something they can see very quickly they don't have to look through because everybody has different formats unless they're on like copper knob or something Um, Like, everybody has a different format for how they lay out their step sheet. If they see your picture, your face, then not only will they be able to tie that more clearly to who you are in their memory, um, if you're, like, just starting out, uh, also it'll be easier to find in their book of many, many step sheets. You're easier to organize that way. Cheat. Cheat. Do not cheat the charts. Uh, This is not as related to this, but do not... I I would recommend... Do not try to do one of those services uh, that, like, guarantees you thousands of views on whatever page because people will see through that. And I've seen very heated discussions on people's Facebook profiles, comment sections, getting angry, about, like, who are these random people? Do they think that they legitimately have more views because their dance is that much better than all of the other nine in the top ten? Where do they even come from? So, yeah, people uh, might take uh, unkindly to attempts to cheat the system. And some people will even then say, like, well, this is just most viewed after all. The Linedancer.web or whatever, Linedancer web charts, those are the ones where people actually vote, and those are you know uh, more carefully curated, things like that. So, you know, don't take Copper Knob too seriously and all that stuff. Uh, but still, don't, don't abuse Copper Knob either. Like, keep it a legitimate tool for getting your dance out there. Um, Next was Absolute Absolute Beginner. Uh, This goes back to the naming dances. There was a debate that I saw in somebody's comment thread about whether to put things like baby whatever or a little whatever or name of the song slash dance easy or AB. Like technically the Mr. Put-It-Down-We-Do-At-Stoney's is Mr. Put-It-Down-A-B. They never call it that over the speaker, though, because who wants to... At a bar, who wants to think that they're doing the absolute beginner version of a dance? They just want to think they're doing the dance. Like, they learned the dance. They're very proud of themselves because they know the dance. Um, So there is some debate that I have seen for how to make that a creative and clever distinction in your title that um, doesn't beat someone over the head with like you're doing the easy version you don't know the hard version you don't know the real version you know the baby version um, if you can find a way to name your dance uh, like okay for example K is for kicks as, as we've said it you know has like a sort of a cute factor to it it doesn't explicitly say this is an absolute beginner dance Mm-mm. but somehow because it's talking about like the alphabet you kind of get that feeling which yeah. I like you know and even Rebel Just For Kicks, it's like, she recognizes that this is a popular, or it's going to be a popular song, and it's kind of like a fun title, and it's an improver dance. And then Will comes along and is like, I'm taking this seriously. This is an intermediate dance. This is Feel It Still. This is the dance to Feel It Still. And I understand that. I, I like. It. It's kind of like what Rachel does with many of her dances as well. Uh, but like, yeah, going down to like, the A, B, E, Z, a little this, baby that. Your community center might be okay with that. like If they they don't have like huge egos or anything, then maybe they'll just be like, okay, that's fine. We know that we know the beginner dance. The absolute beginner dance. But if you are able to name it something else and you're not trying to make it the dance to that song, then yeah, maybe find some other way to describe it so that it doesn't sound like people are learning the the only version that they are able to apprehend with their bodies
1: and you had one other one. yes I
0: do the other one was uh, the universal step format that's what, what I, I think I learned from Kick It I want to say it was Kick It it's more or less um, verb foot preposition direction something like that so I'll say like step uh, and also for right and left I just put L or R yes um, this makes everything very consistent and a lot of people will will write things different ways, like step RF to right, and it'll be like step right foot to right. Some people will say step right to right. Some people will say step R to right. I will say step R to R. Yeah. And that can apply to almost any motion that I can think of. Um, Even if you're doing like forward or backward, like step R forward, then you don't need to say like step R to front. That's silly. Um, But it can take care of a lot of possible movements by just making that universal format readable to everyone. Um, Sometimes it can be tricky when you're describing like a turn because do you say like uh, turn quarter right, step right, or like... Step right while turning a quarter right. Sometimes the order of things that happen simultaneously can become ambiguous. But uh, generally speaking, I have found that format to make step sheets efficient and readable. Um, if you are saying something like step R behind or in front of or something like that, like you can say across. So, like step R across left or step R behind left. Um, And then you don't have to say, like, in front of or behind of or anything like that. Um, I would recommend just take a look at that guide online. It's available online. And um, most, I think there's one page of, like, definitions of all the basic steps. And by combining all of those one-beat movements, you can come up with, like, the majority of dance uh, movements in line dance. They're just combinations of those basic steps. And once you know, once you have, like, this format of, like, touch our heel or like touch our toe or something like that. He, whoever it was that created this this guide, they show uh, what the movement is and then how to write it. So then you just string how to write it together and you have like a weave or a grapevine or something like that. Uh, I don't think it would be possible to make this universal for everyone. So... Maybe encourage your friends to try it out, but I don't think we'll ever get to a place where, like, the world is going to be using one way to describe movements on their step sheet. There are just too many people and too many different styles. But I like this one. Just like we like Rachel's format for the overall step sheet, um, I like this format of writing movements because, as I say, it's efficient. It keeps things as compact. You're not you're not having, like, paragraphs about a simple move. Um, and... It's unambiguous whether you mean right or right direction, right foot, whatever, with the way that he uh, sets it out in his guidelines.
1: Yeah. Um, So basically recapping thoughts, I guess. Um, Ultimately, you want to find a piece of music that speaks to you. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to find movement that applies to that particular piece of, of music Uh, But first and foremost, ask yourself why you want to choreograph to this song, what it is about this song, and what you want out of it. Um, In my opinion, there's no real wrong answer, as long as you're being honest with yourself. I mean, if you want your name up in lights, you want your name up in lights. If you want it because um, it's something that you feel is the next step in your journey, then do that. If it's something because you want to have it done at your local senior community because you know your favorite uh, particular client there really loves this song and so you want to surprise her or something do that and there's no wrong answer for as to why you want to choreograph uh, just be honest with yourself and start from there
0: and accept any outcome if it becomes huge you know, accept that with humility and gratitude um, if it goes nowhere accept that people have lots of things to do with their time and if even one friend dances it with you give that friend a big hug
1: (laughs) true story um so you want to choose the song that speaks to you you want to choose movement that complements that song that tells the story that has some type of flow to it you want to be careful with the movements you want to make sure you're giving your body enough time to stop essentially and retransition into a different momentum um
0: and speaking of movements before i forget <clears throat> sometimes it just isn't that dance's time yet i think uh rebecca lee mentioned that she had choreographed gimme gimme 5 years before teaching it in vegas and i think before that in um another event because I think there was an event I think Tampa might have been before Vegas that year maybe yeah um, but I remember she did it before Vegas and it just wasn't its time the dance community hadn't been doing enough dances like Gimme Gimme for that to seem like the next step for them she would have been too far ahead of the curve and it would have been weird for people they wouldn't have picked it up Uh, but at the time that it came out, she'd had people like Guyton and Roy and Shane and Fred and all these other people putting out dances that prepped people in a way for this kind of dance. So it it came in at just the right time. So don't just necessarily give up on your dance because you've got a bunch of weird things that you think no one's going to do. Hold on to it. And maybe five years later, that'll be the time everyone's doing those moves and they want more like that.
1: Exactly. Um, And then from there, you want to just look at, you know, writing the step sheet, getting feedback, marketing it, um, and, you know, understand that not every dance is for everyone. Um, it may take some time for it to even pick up if at all. And either way, it doesn't mean that you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, if it doesn't get picked up right away or if it doesn't get picked up at all, you know don't let that discourage you if you want to continue choreographing
0: also I would say don't compromise too much if you have a vision for something and you think no, it's too advanced no one's gonna want to do this uh, you are certainly open and and able to make two dances to the same song if you want you can have the beginner version the floor split that you're building in in case nobody else wants to make a floor split for, you can make that beginner floor split for the dance that you would rather make, which is the crazy advanced, everything is syncopated, handsprings and backflips. Because if that's the one you want to do, that's the one um, you should make. That's the one that's going to be played at events, if if ever, someday. And if you are stuck doing, uh also this totally goes along with this, listen to a song to death before you decide you want to choreograph to it and put something out there cuz what if it gets popular and you have to dance that for the next 10 years and you hate the song after like the third listen but you thought it was a great idea the first two listens listen to it until you you need to like put it down for a little while and then when you pick it back up if you still like it that's a good sign maybe make something to that
1: Stole the words right out of my mouth. say, <laughs> Make sure that you listen to it over and over and over again. That was one of the few things that I've learned about Can't Walk Away was, oh my gosh, we listened to that so much while we are choreographing. Um, and we never got sick of it. Uh, one thing I have noticed mm. at pretty much anything I've choreographed to, I don't listen to those songs as much after I'm done with the dance. Same. Um, it's nice because that means like when it gets played, it's a treat.
0: Yes. It keeps it special.
1: Um, but it's it's certainly one of those things where I don't have it on that repeat craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do your step sheets, get feedback, and ultimately just be true to yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lion Dance Podcast with Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barsulia. This article was entitled Choreography Basics by Max Perry. This can be found at worldlinedancenewsletter.com slash information slash chor underscore articles underscore max underscore perry dot pdf or you can just go to worldlinedancenewsletter.com and go up into the links. I believe it's in the far right. It's like tips for choreographers and click on that and you get all kinds of good articles. We'll probably pick up another one in the weeks to come. I say this Probably not nearly enough, but thank you all so much for tuning in every week. Like, we look at... Oh, I wish we knew who the people were who are listening to the podcast, but I see the numbers, and it makes me so happy. Uh, we we look forward to every week that we get to chat with y'all. Uh, we hope that maybe we made your drive or your traveling uh, more fun and informative. and um, Hopefully you picked up a few tips. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, until... Until the next episode or until the next event, uh, Megan and I will see See you on on the the dance dance
1: floor. floor.